0: Son and of the Holy Spirit. St. Matthew in this narrative presents to us in quick succession two healings. These healings are the culmination of a series of ten healings by our Lord, as reported by St. Matthew in chapters 8 and 9. From the time our Lord descended from the mountain after preaching the Sermon on the Mount, directly following these final two healings, St. Matthew reports the choosing of the 12 apostles and their mission to the world. Both these healings concern vital senses, essential for our full participation in life. Firstly, there are the two men who are blind. Secondly, the man who is mute, unable to talk. It is estimated that around 75 to 80% of information we receive is through vision. So vision is an important sense. You could say that it is the most important sense, for it is the sense that helps us connect and better understand all of the data we receive from our other senses. For the man who was mute, Communication would have been very challenging as there was no official sign language at that time. Communication is vital for us to function meaningfully within our families and within society. These three men would be facing immense challenges to function adequately within their communities. They would have been ostracised, and living on the edge of society. Is it any wonder that Jesus is sought out for healing? The two blind men follow behind Jesus into the house crying out aloud, Have mercy on us, son of David. It was from the house of David that Messiah was to come, and these men are calling out a messianic proclamation. Jesus poses them a question Do you believe that I am able to do this? Their immediate response, without pause or hesitation, yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it done to you. And their eyes were opened. In the second healing, the man is mute from demonic possession. We are told very few details. He is brought to Jesus by some anonymous people who we surmise were concerned for his welfare and had the faith to take him to our Lord. Their actions led to the demon being expelled and the man speaking and all those present marveled saying, never was anything like this seen in Israel. You could say metaphorically that the three men were dead and have been brought back to life by their faith in Christ and the resultant loving actions of our Lord. The three of them will now be able to participate more fully in the life of their families and their communities. In the Orthodox Church, we have the understanding that the Church... The body of Christ is a place of healing. It is a hospital for both body and soul. The human person is understood in holistic terms. An undivided unity. The body is not healed apart from the soul, nor the soul apart from the body. The two are interdependent states Metropolitan Callistus Ware. We see this in the healing of the two blind men, a healing of body, their blindness, and a healing of soul, their faith. In the first prayer of the prayers of preparation for Holy Communion, we pray with reference to Christ. You heal the infirmities of mankind. In the fifth prayer we pray, and let your holy things be for my purification and healing. During the Divine Liturgy, after the prayer at the bowing of the heads, which follows the recitation of the Lord's Prayer, the priest prays, Heal the sick, O you, who art the physician of our souls and bodies. During Vespers, at the second prayer of the lighting of the lamps, The priest reads quietly, But deal with us according to your tenderness, O physician and healer of our souls. As we can see in these examples, the church understands Christ as being physician and healer of our souls and bodies. During the Divine Liturgy and the other services, we constantly repeat, Lord, have mercy. It is not a judicial emphasis that we place on this oft-repeated phrase. Rather, it is one of healing. Lord, heal us. We are calling on the great physician of our soul and body, our Lord and God and Saviour Jesus Christ, to send down healing upon us through the Holy Spirit. As we hear in the Gospel reading, our healing is not a one-way process. The blind men were actually involved. Our Lord says to them, according to your faith, be it done to you. He then acted, and then he touched their eyes, and they were healed. Each of us needs to work in cooperation with God for healing. We heard in the gospel reading the great faith of these two blind men. There was no hesitation, discussion, weighing the pros and cons. Should we? What if? Their response was immediate and clear. Yes, Lord. No hedging their bets, just a clear strong, and immediate response of faith. Yes, Lord. This raises the question for all of us. How deep is my faith in the great physician, our Lord and God and Saviour Jesus Christ? Is it a deep faith within, or is it skin deep? We need to reflect on this, for we see in the narrative that it was through their faith in Christ that the blind men were healed. It is in our faith in Christ that we can avail ourselves of healing. Our Lord came into the world to bear our infirmities and to heal our diseases by taking them upon himself. It was through the cross that he healed the world by obliterating sin, corruption, and death in their very essence, by dying himself. He took it upon himself, and in so doing, healed it all by his own blood and suffering. He destroyed death and suffering by himself, undergoing the same. The blood of Christ makes possible our ultimate healing. Father Thomas Hopko has this to say. When we look at Jesus as the physician, we see that his healings are always in connection to his own death and resurrection. When he heals or raises the dead, it is not in the ultimate sense. Each dead person he raised during his earthly ministry died again, one way or another, either by disease, martyrdom, or something else. The same is true for the healings and resurrections wrought by the apostles and all the saints. Ultimate healing, wholeness, and resurrection do not take place in this life but in the next. We all have to pass through death. We only enter the kingdom of God by affliction and suffering. Only the life after death is a new reality where, as prophet Isaiah said, there is neither sickness, nor sorrow, nor suffering, but life everlasting without any death because in that life there is no longer any sin. There is only the total righteousness of Jesus given by grace to those who believe in him and who want the righteousness of God that comes through him. Amen. of martyrs to.